Hello and welcome to The Song Inside, where we go inside people's stories to discover their songs. I'm your host, Dietrich Rodman Struck, piano goddess and song goddess, and I'll be walking people through this journey to find the songs hidden within themselves. Welcome. Hello, everyone out there. I was maybe going to try to sing this in a different key than the opening number. That's too hard. I'm with Pete Gallup. Pete, hi. Hey. Can you? What's going can on? we try to sing in a key that's not this key? Da, 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 da. I, can't, I can't really I can't hear it. the. I know it's Gallery Girl, right? Oh, I've heard, wow! I've yes. heard the intro before. Yes, but you've I can't played hear the, the intro music. before. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yep, we could try to sing it in two different keys. Sure. <laughs> That's, oh, this man. is so fascinating for people listening. We're going to get sure. excommunicated. From who? Uh, the, I don't know. The church. The Catholic church of the 1400s, 1500s, 1600s? I don't know. What are we talking about? What I'm saying is we can't go back in a time machine and go to that period because we'll be excommunicated. Yeah, we probably we probably would have. I would have been excommunicated for yeah. a lot of other reasons too. Well, probably pro- me, 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 probably because I had a bar mitzvah that wouldn't be good with them. <laughs> yeah, that would be a funny thing. There's some strict rules about that. Please make a time machine. Make a time machine movie about that, please. Oh yeah, make a time machine movie where I take people to my bar mitzvah. Yes, that's what then. I was gonna. Say. I think that's a pretty good idea. Or they we got it. Get in the time machine. It's like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and, and they come to my. They bar come to your bar mitzvah. <laughs> what do you like remember that, like, about your bar mitzvah? What was the theme? Did you have a theme? <laughs> yeah, the theme was faith. Um, I'll tell you what I remember about my bar mitzvah. It's pretty funny. Um, I was like really. Uh, was it was not going to happen because I was not learning my Torah portion and my Hoff Torah portion and excommunicated speech. <laughs> exactly, I was going to be excommunicated. <laughs> essentially, whatever the Jewish word for that is. And um, finally, the cantor, who was this woman named Cantor Ellen Math, Cantor Math, she had a great voice, but was sort of just a jerk. And um Cantor Math, got, if you're listening, get it together. If get it together if you haven't. I hope you have. Or we'll send you to uh the time machine uh whatever we're going. Send her there. Okay. <laughs> so Cantor Math um had to have a meeting with me and my parents. Oh no. To tell them like, is this gonna happen? Cause it doesn't th- I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh and this was like a month, maybe six weeks before my scheduled bar mitzvah, which happened to be on the day of my birthday. Uh, and um, I was like, all right. She gave me a cassette, or she had given me a cassette of her chanting her, her Torah, my, the Torah portion mm-hmm. I needed to learn and the Haftar portion. My reading of Hebrew is not that great. But I was like, all right, I have a good ear. I'm going to listen to this every day for 50 minutes or an hour, and I'm just going to learn it. And the way that I learned it was, and this is, this is was like, I had all these musical cells from what she was singing, and I related them like in a mnemonic way to classic rock songs that I. Oh hear. my! This is amazing. So like, <laughs> yeah, it's totally crazy. So like, so like, there was like a line that was like da 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 da, right? And then so the first part da da da. It's just like a James Gang song, which starts like, seems to me. So it's like, <laughs> seems to me. And so I would remember that in my mind. Like, this is the Joe Walsh part. This is the something part. This is the something part. And by the, the whole, by the time I was done, I aced it. Like, I aced it. I knew all of the stuff. And she was like, how did he do it? And then I, and I had to write a speech uh, on faith. So I wrote about faith. And I remember my dad helping with it, me with that, too. But I totally wow. remember that being a real triumph. Like being like an I'll show you and I did. And That's music, amazing. And you yeah. used music. Yeah, totally used music like And no you still remember some it. of those references, so it clearly stuck. I could sing it to you. I I won't, but I <laughs> could. <laughs> That's incredible yeah. to me. Yeah. Because you know, wild. when you go to music school, sometimes you learn like, okay, the minor third interval is green sleeves or 
Right. But you or took Jaws the, is a minor yeah, second. Exactly. So you took that to the next Maria level. Maria the Diablo. The, the, but the, then you would the have to remember the order too. That's wild. Uh, so right. not only did you learn your portion, but you solidified it in your brain in a way probably that most kids reading their Torah portion did not. Right. Because most kids were not as into music in that way or not looking at that angle, probably. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they might have, you know. They, Somehow I found that angle, you know. Uh, perfect and, uh, angles. Was perfect angles. <laughs> oh yeah, I like that. I like one of your songs. Um, <laughs> perfect. Oh right. Well, oh, I wrote cer- that. It's certain angles. Yes. Oh, thank certain you. angles. Thank Shoot, you. I got the lyrics wrong. <laughs> See, if I was memorizing a Torah okay. portion, I'd already be get the lyrics be excommunicated wrong? <laughs> already. <laughs> well. I would save you. That would be the end this is true. of the movie. The end of the movie is I have They'd be like, oh my God, Gigi is going to get excommunicated. Right. And we have to go back. Maybe this is a sequel. We have to go back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to my bar mitzvah, her bat mitzvah or yes. whatever and save her. Okay. And so get some, can, get your people, get your people on the phone. <laughs> Who's going to play the younger you? <laughs> Let's see. The younger me. Uh, oh man. I don't know any actors these days. Younger so, actors. Well, I, well, let's see. Who's going to play the current me? I think Sarah Silverman <laughs> is going to play the current me. Oh, nice. I love Sarah Silverman. I've been listening to her podcast recently, and it's so funny. Oh, yeah, funny. is it good? It's really good. She just – people yeah. call and want advice, and she gives them advice. Very simple. Yeah, Very yeah, no yeah. bullshit. Lots of love. Pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I really like it. Let's see. Let's cast your part. Hmm. Oh, who's going to play me? Yeah. Uh, that guy in Dune, Timothy uh, Chalamet. Chalamet. Mala, 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 mala. <laughs> yes. Let's glorify it. Yes, let's, Timothy Chalamet. Let's make it totally ho- Hollywood, and he'll totally do it too. He'll he's up for it. Oh, he would totally point. do it. Yeah. Well, in that case, then I'm going to get Olivia Rodrigo to play me. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> if you get Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, people are like, "Who's Pete Gallup?" So let's discuss who you are. Yeah. Sure. You are my friend. And I first played with you in a band called Tasty Morsels. I, I guess it could loosely Tasty be called a band. It was a group of yeah, people that or, played Yeah, or, you know, when you, when you band slash project slash, you know, fun get together with friends and we yeah. had gigs and band. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that yeah. was, that was New York in the 2000s. <laughs> it's like, that's right. That's right. Yeah, get yeah. together with friends, do project, play a small venue. And we, Played Barbez a couple of times, right? Or yeah. the living room, or I don't know where we played. We played Barbez with Greta Gertler Gold, who's I yeah. also interviewed a few weeks ago on this podcast. And yeah, yeah. I was listening to some of your oh, yeah? past with people I know, like Greta and Lee and Byron. Yeah. And Aww. yeah, it was get, get yeah, I was um, listening to the archives. The archives. In. I know. I realized that yeah. all those people listening are probably like either just our friends or they're well. like <laughs> You know, after you mention somebody like Timothy Shalamana, mana, mana, you're going to get a lot of people. Yeah, fans of Dune. I'm going to hashtag fans of Dune. <laughs> fans of Listen Dune. Listen to the song. Inside. That's it. It's so, uh, the podcast hashtag is Hashtag driver's you know. license song inside. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh but All I right. remember I was telling Greta, or maybe I wasn't, maybe I was just thinking about it, but I was so <laughs> nervous to play with Taste. Was it Tasty Morsels? Or morsels. Yeah. Morsels. Yeah. Because I had been coming out of the hardcore jazz world. Right. And then I was playing right. with like legit songwriters and I was very nervous. And I know that feeling, you know, that that's a common feeling for me when I'm playing with people who are, who are in the jazz world and, or anybody who frankly has a good chord chart. And I'm like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta this. <laughs> And it's <laughs> like, funny. I had the good chord chart. But yeah. then I, I was so scared to sing lyrics of something. You Interesting. Know? I, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I got a very, I thought your songs were pretty organic, you know, like for some, even if, even though you were coming from a jazz world. Well, I feel uh, like the, that doesn't mean, I don't know. I feel like the writing of them was organic, but <clears throat> anytime you feel like you're stepping into a place where you haven't been before, that whole imposter syndrome kicks up. And I was like, yeah, I yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. I don't. But I only belong in one place and not even that. I suppose I'm still mm-hmm. doing that in the sense oh, that... Oh, I'm doing that all the time. I, yeah. I'm a parent, but I'm an artist. But if I'm being an artist, then I should be being a parent. If I'm being a parent, I should be being more of an artist. And it's like I yeah. I know intellectually that there's space to hold all these different parts of me. Right. But it's just easy to feel like I'm never doing any one of 
them well enough to be actually labeled as that thing. I mean, you're Deidre, I'm Pete. Yeah. But it, it has to be sometimes we're always looking at those other subcategories, Pete, the this, the this, yeah. the this, the this. And then and that can be that can be tough for me because there's a I don't know if you know the student uh who has this this thing called internal family systems. It's a type of kind of therapy or an approach where you have parts of yourselves and it's by, a guy, I think it's Richard Schwartz or something, but it's, it's interesting. an interesting. My, my yeah, therapist actually does that with me, but I didn't know it had a name. Oh, okay. Next time you, I mean, it, I'm sure, I'm sure people do it without, he, he's branded it. He's okay, whatever, right. marketed it. But in the eighties, he came up with this thing that he called internal family systems. And there's a new book. I think it's a, a, an overview of it. I almost ordered it yesterday, but I was like, ah, I gotta get it. I'm going to get a cookbook instead. And then, cause I just moved into a place and I'm going to get a cookbook. Your place looks nice, by the way. Oh, thanks a lot. Where are and, you living? Uh, what it's neighborhood? called No Bad Parts. I'm living in Sunset Park again. Okay. Um, on 40th and set. Oh, seven thousand. You shouldn't. T- maybe I shouldn't t- yeah, say that. There's so many listeners listening. that are got the Dune fans are coming for you. <laughs> They're coming for me. <laughs> so it's called No No Bad Parts. No Bad Parts. So what's and the premise of this system? Um, that's a good question. I think it it basically rests on the idea of self acceptance that you have parts of yourselves that are different. A part of yourself that is the parent, a part of yourself that's the musician, a part of yourself that's just like uh, the child, the child that didn't, you know, get what they needed, the child that did get what they needed. The But everything is together and they're com- always communicating in the same person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, and so you have to kind of accept all of them um, or it behooves you to get to know all of them. You know, and even though some of them might be darker or under, some might be less developed than right. others, you know. Uh, so thir- circumstances come up in which you, you know, you, you work on that, I guess, or I work, would try to work on it. But, I, but honestly, I haven't gotten the book yet, so I don't know the details of it. <laughs> but, but it's a right. very popular, well, certain, certain people... Uh, well, I'm going to read this. I find this kind of therapy really helpful for me because sometimes my therapist will identify, will ask me to identify a certain part. It's like, well, which right. part of you is is talking right, right now? And so I have part of me that I call wedding planner Deidre or clipboard right. Deidre where like and, – and it's not that she's bad. She's, you know, learned how to like, – in my childhood, she would try to organize events so that I felt safe. So, but sometimes in my adulthood, she's not needed so much anymore. So it's like, if she's trying to control everything and organize everything, it's nice to like, think of this person. In my mind, I think of it as a hallway and there's all these doors and these different Mm -hmm. selves are in the doors. And so she'll Mm -hmm. like come out and it's like, hey, I know you mean well right now, but you're stressing me out. Right. I got this. Like, it's cool. Take five. (laughs) Right. It's great that you... You you are aware of it. If you're not aware of it, that's where things become more unmanageable to me anyway. Mm-hmm. Once you name something, it's easier to feel kind of a control or being able to have some kind of dialogue with it. Exactly. And, not just like, you know. and it's hard to name things, at least for me, when I'm in anxiety or I'm really in my mm. stuff. So yeah. it's good for me to practice. Like that's what, what I do in therapy. A lot of the times, practice. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What are you feeling yeah. right now? Who is that talking? So that if I'm getting super overwhelmed, it's like okay, take a breath. Just you know, it's not always yeah. when I'm super overwhelmed. I can't always sit there and think of what selves I'm talking to. But at least I you know, have that as a baseline. Yeah, exactly. If you get overwhelmed, you get dysregulated or mm-hmm. deregulated, and yeah. that can. That can stop other things unless, but if you have that tool of like, yeah. oh yeah, that's a wedding planner. She's going right. off again. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I <laughs> love this. Or planner. Or <laughs> planner. Put Our her in the time machine. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's so funny. Chill. Chill. <laughs> Chill, bar mitzvah planner. Well, Chill, I love Shlomo. talking about this stuff with you. And I feel like you've yeah. gone to school for social work. So uh, music therapy, actually. Sorry, music therapy. My bad. Yeah. Um, did you have to take a lot of courses that talked about how the brain works? 
yes and no. Um, I recently took a sort of a supplemental course through Berkeley on the brain and music and learned a lot that I didn't learn in school. In school, I learned more about like psychology mm-hmm. and not and and sort of like more like um, psychotherapy, psychodynamics, mm-hmm. like. And I worked a lot in my field work. I like worked a lot with autism, mm-hmm. so I learned a lot about working with that population. And um, yeah, um, but the brain itself. There's certain things you know that that it's really it's pretty fascinating. But I I don't like. I'm not an expert on it or anything like that. I, yeah. And that's a, fu- it's a funny thing. There's, there's that, that part there, Pete, the music therapist, Pete, the songwriter, mm-hmm. Pete, the guitar player, Pete, the, this Pete, the friend, Pete, the human being. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to make up these names for each of them. Yeah. So what's <laughs> it been like to be Pete, the songwriter and Pete, the music therapist? Can those two coexist at the same time? It's a really, really interesting question, and I think that they can, but I'm still learning how to do it, how mm-hmm. to navigate that, um, because I feel like uh, it's always music to me, and the things that I learned in music therapy, I already knew as a musician. They were so, but I, or not just a musician, but as a songwriter and yeah. somebody like your podcast is called The Song Inside. Somebody who takes a look at themselves inside and knows themselves a little bit and tries to be empathic. And, you know, that's a, that's, that, there's, those are qualities that will get you, you know, further than, no, than, than not when you're a music therapist. Right. Uh, if, if, I, if I didn't have those qualities already, music therapy might be actually easier to just say, oh, here's music <laughs> therapy. And you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Because I had already been writing songs and playing for like 20 years, it was a weird thing to go to this school of thought where they were talking about things that were obvious to me in in terms of like, and they still do, like, it could be weird, like, uh, for me to accept the academic, the academic, um, realm Mm -hmm. of music therapy when I know it uh, in a personal way. That makes a lot of sense. Right. You know it experientially. Exactly. I go through um, not not dissimilar types of conversations with myself when I'm doing a lot of stuff for Carnegie's professional development stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I've been working for Carnegie Hall for a very long time. Right. And in the beginning... you work on on lullabies? Yeah, we do lullabies. Um, But in the beginning, we were all kind of figuring out the programming together. So they, you know, we would... We worked at an adult day center for adults with developmental challenges. And we worked with senior centers. And they would all kind of be a different flavor. None of us are music therapists. Right. So... But we, we learned, you know, a set of – I heard that there's a new phrase for soft skills. They're called power skills now. Have you heard this? I don't know. Anyway. I don't even think I knew soft skills. <laughs> soft skills are like <laughs> dealing with people, you know? Okay. Not like empathy? how to change a tire. <laughs> yeah, empathy. Exactly. Power skill. Empathy. Um, power skill. That's, I think that's, that's, that's a, a name of, key to me. I, don't, I, don't I really know, like right? That. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I don't, it's probably – somebody probably wrote a book on it. Very businessy. Coined it. Trademark. Yeah, it's totally from a business thing. It is yeah. from a business thing. Um, at any rate, in the beginning, we would do these PDs, and there would be a lot of people coming to talk to us about very academic. We would we would look at everything kind of from an academic lens, an institutional right. lens. And s- some PDs weren't like that, and some were. And I would always really struggle because I was like, "But we're already doing this. Like, why do we have to name <laughs> right. whatever the thing right. is?" That's right. But then I also realized that everybody's brain works differently and some people want right. they take things in in a more academic way or in a more linear way even and other people learn more by doing so and I, right. i've ended up learning a lot from those but you know this was mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. when i started i was much younger like what are we doing i don't understand what's happening you know <laughs> well i mean i still feel that tension whenever there's any kind of, i'm always suspicious of academia and human emotion or, or, you know, things that seem when you mix the like two, what we're talking mean. about. Yeah. When you're trying to name something academically, 
Um, and why are you, why not just go for it and, you know, do your work, whatever that may mean Mm -hmm. and discuss it, you know, in a conversational way. Right. Yeah. My favorite PDs in the beginning were something that they called peer to peer, which we Mm -hmm, still do mm -hmm. sometimes. And those would just be, let's get in a room and talk about the work we're doing and, who has what issues? Yeah. The, the floor was kind of open, and I always learned a lot right, from those. Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Experiences. Um, <laughs> I just think it's, it's we're talking about academia and institutional stuff. So, but now that you're oh, yeah. done with school, right? How does all of this play out in quote unquote real life in your work and what you're doing? What parts of yourselves are you drawing on these days in your work? In my work, um, I think I'm always I know it's all related, too. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I'm always drawing on creativity and the idea that creativity is somehow can foster connection. And connection is what's important. How do we get to connection? Whether mm-hmm. it's connection through something terrible <laughs> not necessarily terrible, but like something uncomfortable or something like, you know, Hey, we're stuck in an elevator. Oh, well that gives us something, (laughs) you know, we got out of the elevator. I was just reading actually Holly Hunter. Uh, She got her first job because she was stuck in an elevator with a playwright. Whoa. That's a good story. (laughs) That's a good, that's a good connection. (laughs) That's not your normal. Like, you know what I mean? Like um, a lot of times I think people are, looking for music to always be happy and like, you know, um, in the background or just, Oh, uh, make so-and-so happy. And that's great. But you know, and you see those videos that are really great of, you know, people like listening to something and it bringing back memories, mm. but you don't see the videos of them listening to stuff and it bringing back memories of like the time they got like dumped or, <laughs> you, know, or like, you know, like, I don't know, like there, there's all sorts of, I think being in the present moment, Mm. And having presence and wanting to connect and seeing how somebody connects. Mm. How do people, how does everybody connects in a different way? Like, yeah. And um, figuring that out is where I am in my work right now. I Uh, love that. Yeah. It's all about connect connection in a different way. How do they connect? And that can lead to play. Like how, how does this person play? You know, mm. or how did they maybe imagine how, how do you play? How did somebody play when they were younger? How do you play now? Cause that's what it's still about. Even though I'm the man in a 45, 46 year old body, <laughs> I still play. <laughs> right. You know? I've been grateful to my kids for reminding me to be present in the moment and play. And I'm glad mm. you've been able to find a way to still play cuz it yeah. does feel really important when you're playing, you're in the zone. You're opening yeah. up to possibility. And exactly. you you know, there's parallel play, but there, but I feel like even if you're doing parallel play, you're still connecting with the other person. Mm-hmm. And then if you're playing together, that's you're connection. Building a relationship, right? Yeah. That's what it's about. Parallel play is a stage of a relationship. You do parallel play a few times, maybe maybe you'll eventually start talking to them and you'll... Right. But you need the parallel play stage of that relationship. Yeah, know? that's really interesting. I it's kind a of, deep, deeper connection. Yeah, I want to just <laughs> come over to your new place for tea and let's just talk about this I would for love a few it. hours. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for people to come over, so, you know, and hey, have I'm some gonna tea. Hey, I'm going to come over. We got to hash out this script. So about We got to hash out this script. <laughs> we have to write the music for it, so we'll yeah. have to have a session on that. <laughs> Then we'll do some philosophizing for a while. We could read each other's astrology charts. Maybe we I could have a backyard too. This okay. is really cool. Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. Let me. Sh- I'm gonna tilt the. Oh, that is beautiful! Like, Look at that, that light. Nice? Uh, yeah, I literally moved a week ago. Gosh. But I'm really amazing. Psyched. People yeah. who do not live in New York City might not understand that having a backyard <laughs> is like the brass ring. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I mean, I share it with other people, but. You know, you're connecting yeah. with them. It's great. <laughs> exactly. 
and they're wonder they're wonderful people. So they're my na- they're my upstairs yeah. neighbors, and I've known them for a while. Oh, so. that's awesome. Well, I live and in Kensington, a, and we have a backyard, but it's like one of these. And I'm so grateful to have it. It's an urban space, so it's a con like a yeah. concrete square with yeah, some plants con- around the side and a table, and it's still yeah. awesome that we yeah. have it. And also, we have we don't rent out the driveway, but you know when we were younger, the kids used to play in the. The, the driveway on the side of the house. Yeah. And it's amazing what you can do with space in New York. I always am watching mm. these HDTV shows yeah. where I just watch them to make myself feel better. I think a just sometimes you look <laughs> at the houses and you're kind of dream, but other times I watch and I'm seeing these couples like the fourth bathroom is a little bit too small. And I don't <laughs> think that Jerry is going to like this nursery having only one window. Yeah. And nice. I'm like, ha, <laughs> yeah, that's a choice that I have to make every day, you know. Because in New York, Whether a lot of Jerry us are just is living, like <laughs> living <laughs> on on top of each other and yeah. sharing one bathroom. But you use the yeah. space you have. You know, I have this funny photo of the girls when they were really young, and they had gotten one of these IKEA under the bed storage plastic bins, right, and filled it with water, and they were sitting in it in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> they were happy as clams. And I was yeah, like, sure. this is, is some weird That's stuff. Great. That's you know, pretty funny. People man. who live with actual houses with actual pools are like, what is that? What is that? And you're like, bliss, dude. This yeah, is what we call bliss. This is bliss. called space. <laughs> space. Space, exactly. the final front. Well, speaking of space, the first song you brought is called Plead the Fifth Dimension. <laughs> That's right. Speaking of space. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I've always loved this song, and I did not know what it was about. So when I yeah, asked yeah. you to bring a song that brought you from darkness to light at a certain point in your life, and everyone's always free to interpret that however they want. Oh, yeah. I, I never intended anybody to know exactly what it was about unless I okay, said Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like yeah, that about that, a lot that of your songs, That was actually my intention. Mm-hmm. And I kind of learned that uh, a little bit from um, – you know, Richard and Linda Thompson, mm-hmm. they have an album called Pour Down Like Silver, which is when they mm. were Sufis. It's an incredible album. Uh, you got to check it out. But all the songs are apparently, uh, all their love songs are mm-hmm. their love to God. Mm. But they sound like normal love songs, if you don't know that. Wow. Yeah, like so it's pretty interesting. Ancient poets, I feel like. <laughs> That's really interesting. Or even in yeah, the Bible, there's a lot of those love songs to God, you know, love. Right. And if, if you just look at it or if you just hear it and you just feel it, it's, it, it's your own interpretation. Right. So then, well, okay, God is your interpretation, I guess. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, sorry. No, no, please. I just was thinking, plead the fifth dimension. So if one right. just heard the title without any context at all. Um. Well, I think it did come, I, you know, the title came first, and then I realized that the title was, you know, riffing on Plead the Fifth. I'm not going to say anything, you know. I didn't even make that connection. Political. <laughs> I'm <really> an idiot now. <laughs> That's okay. No, no. Um, uh, political jargon, kind of, and there was a lot of crazy, obviously, uh kind of dissociative feelings that I think the country, I think we're still going through. What, and when was this? Well, post 9-11, okay. especially, was what I, I'm, I'm specifically talking about. Like, if we talk about, like, what, what actually 9-11 was, mm-hmm. and shortly after, and just how everything just felt different to me. Same. What was really going on, and, like, not just like, you know, like people were writing songs like really soon afterwards, like, where were you when the world stopped turning? You know, right. <laughs> I'm like, yep. Uh, you know, like that's a that's one take. But I mean, for me, I had to pry it. I had to really kind of process it. And I thought I wanted to write a song. I wanted to write a song about what this space was. And, um, figure out, you know, what we're sort of talking about, how to name something Mm. and then how to feel it. You know what I mean? How do you feel something that's that weird? Yes. Um, I felt so grateful in the aftermath of that to be a musician because for me that I couldn't really process it. The pandemic is a different 
a different sort of a thing that people are processing also different ways. But right. 9-11 I think was such have, a, you know, yeah. Like 9-11 a, was such an, an, a traumatic, immediate, acute Yeah, thing. and it was just like shock, shocking and right. personal because we all lived here, even if we didn't exactly. you know, specifically know anyone that was involved. It was it, – and it was really impossible, at least for me, to describe to anybody that wasn't also going through it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, so, I, you know, I feel like we all – probably all musicians had our 9-11 song – you know, my mine right. was more of the first thing you were talking about. It was, right. I'm not knocking my my song, <laughs> but it was like <laughs> I'm not knocking your song either. No, I'm no, but <laughs> but you know, my mine was of a story of a. No one asked to hear this, but anyway, mine was thinking. I, I had a deck at the time, and I remember yeah. that day on the deck, you know, seeing like the papers flying around, and yeah, you yeah, could yeah, see yeah, the yeah. trade center from our deck. So right, we were out right. there, kind of watching. And it was of you know about this imaginary person who is sitting on a deck, waiting for her person to come home, and yeah. like w- wishing them all all the be- most beautiful things, like front seat tickets to your favorite band and like yeah. the breeze. And, wow! Um, I just got a chill. So yeah, and it makes me. It's funny because I, I haven't felt those particular feelings in that particular way for a long time. But even talking about yeah. the song kind of brings it back up. So does yeah. listening to this song bring up that stuff for you or not anymore? It does in the second part. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two distinct parts. The first part is kind of like the spacey, kind of like more lyric driven in an abstract way. It's got a lot of political imagery. I plead the fifth dimension. Uh, is there any other explanation? Secede from civilized union. Mm. I founded my own state of confusion. Ah, so good. Right? So that's a lot of political imagery in a crafted kind of way. And mm. then it goes on, and you know, uh, second verse is a little bit more like, um, it's like, who doctored my prescriptions, who went and jimmied all of my satellite transmissions, abducted the city I lived in, live in, and donated us to science fiction, right? So then it's like, okay, sort of get a little bit of a idea. Then... The uh, B section is just like gets real. It gets the most personal. It's like you kind of go from outside to inside. So mm. that's like, um, who put the memories in my head before they hatched? All their crazy schemes that made me so detached. And that's like weapons of mass destruction mm-hmm. and Cheney and Bush and and uh, who spilled the blood on the trading killing floor? Uh, Wall Street, you know all yep. that stuff. And made me realize what I wasn't fighting for. Mm, right? I love that. And then line. it gets a little bit more like, thank you. And then it gets like, because I love you, but they say we're just collateral, and I love you, but they say we're just expendable, and I and that repeats, and that repetition of that makes it deeper every time. I think and goes yes. more inside. Mm-hmm. That was my in, my intention with that. Right. So by the end, it's an inside. It's an inside job. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Okay, now we're gonna start a conspiracy theory podcast. Yeah, exactly. The song oh. inside the inside job. <laughs> the, song, the song inside the inside job. <laughs> oh my gosh! I like it. All right. Well, I want to talk more about this, but first, uh, okay, big breath. <laughs> Whew, okay. Oh yeah. We are going to listen to the fifth dimension. <laughs> I plead the fifth dimension Is there any other To see from civilized union, I've founded my own state of confusion. Doctor, my prescription. 
who intends you mean? All of my satellite transmissions. watching you rock rocking i was so rocking Uh, (laughs) it's interesting because you rock (laughs) oh i love it one of the things i love most about your music is that every song and i i usually listen this is going to be weird you're one of the few artists i usually listen to the whole album in a row because i i can't not listen to the whole thing it's it's i don't know it just because it feels like a journey to me and then each song i know each song is always a journey that's a cliche but i really feel like you almost more than any other songwriter i know is so willing to just sit in the spaces and Mm. let it be as long as it needs to be I don't feel this pressure to now we got to go to the bridge and now we're going to the <laughs> second bridge or what, you know, it's just like, right. it feels like an emo- emotional, you know, an emotional journey Oh, to me. Yeah. 
um, for sure. I mean, um, I think it always leads with emotion and feeling for me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's good. And sometimes <clears throat> it could be better, like lyrics could be better, but maybe the emotion is more, it depends. You know what I mean? It just depends. But yeah, it definitely starts with a feeling. Yeah. You know? starts with a feeling. You know? And I like that. I like your guitar playing in that way too. Cause the word that I often find myself thinking about when thinking about your music and your singing and your playing is raw, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I don't think raw is a, is a bad thing. I think mm-hmm. it, it just, yeah. I mean, I think it's trying to, it's what we were saying earlier, presence, trying to be present yes. you know, and trying to connect mm-hmm. uh, and, and not just connect, but connect to whatever moment is happening and, and, and be authentic to that, you know? Absolutely. So if my voice is breaking, it makes sense in the context and in the moment, you know? Yes. I I was always weirdly envious of you in that way because coming from the background that I did, it Mm. has been a long process for me to continually try and open up because I just, I I can be very internal and piano mm-hmm, is such mm-hmm, a great instrument mm-hmm. for that because you just can go inside yourself huh. and you're sitting in front of this, like, you know, if you're sitting in front of a grand piano, it's like pretty much the largest instrument possible to play. Yeah. And there's yeah. it's this hulking metal and strings and then it's percussion uh-huh. and mm. and you're sitting at the keyboard. And it's, for me, it was easy to hide behind this huge thing. I, I I think it's it can 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 work that way. Sorry <laughs> to cut you off. <laughs> it can work that way for the guitar as well, and and music in general. In fact, one thing that I notice about people, musicians, and people who play music, people can use music as a defense, mm. and that can be tricky because when you see that happening, if you don't know how to look for it, or if it's happening, it just looks like somebody's playing something, and they're just happy and whatever. But it's always a way of communicating or communicating that we don't want to communicate, hiding, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Sometimes I do that too, you know? But I feel like for, you know, there's there can be a difference between hiding and yet being authentic and pure with what you're saying and right. hiding for the sake of hiding. And... I, I can see how it could also be true on the guitar. I, I've always felt like maybe it would be easier to not hide behind a saxophone or something because you're using your actual breath. Right. But right, um, right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I guess your voice is always. Yeah. Well. But, but even so, like, I guess I'm just thinking of, you know, when I met you and I was coming out of this mm-hmm. shell of, you know, wanting to sing more and feeling very shy about it and my you know my dad had passed away shortly before Mm. that and Mm -hmm. i i really just now i i can use this skill which i i tell my family they i call it going internal and -hmm. what it means is like for example i went to see um with ben the other night lucas nelson and promise of the real it was like one of our first shows that we went back to it was at brooklyn steel and it Mm -hmm. was a stand it was like a rock show standing show right and i was kind of tired but I can like zip into myself so that I'm hyper focused on what's happening so that I can mm. shut out any of this distraction. So that's mm. a skill that I've honed. Yeah. And so that's good in some ways when I'm playing the piano, that effortless mastery kind of thing. But on the other hand, when I'm uh-huh. playing on stage. And Kenny I'm, Werner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I'm playing and si- singing, um, you know, when I started singing with the Biddies, for example, they were always saying, why don't you sing lead? Or And I, I would sing very softly and – I just felt so self-aware. I couldn't be raw. I Mm -hmm. couldn't be loud. I, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I started playing with people like you and I felt like that came and maybe it doesn't come easily, but for whatever reason, you were able to tap into this. My voice is cracking and it's okay. My guitar is fuzzy sounding and loud and that's cool. That's the feeling I'm going for right now. So you took it from the intellect to the feeling just and we were talking right. about taking from the outside to the inside but then it's like that's right. bringing it back outside again so that people can hear and share that that's right um Does that make any yeah, sense at all uh, <laughs> oh totally totally it's just a very complicated thing um and uh, and, a be- and a beautiful thing i mean um uh um to be 
present and raw. I mean, I've, I've had situations also where that doesn't work for the situation I'm in. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, you're working with a client see, and you're they like, they don't want to see me. Right. <laughs> right. Well, that for sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> or in a band situation or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I guess people, hopefully, whoever works with me knows me enough to know that I can't really not be, I can fake it sometimes. And, or, but I, it's hard to, not be yourself. Hard for me not to be myself and fall back on. I never went to conservatory mm-hmm. or did any of that stuff. I always I'm self-taught pretty much by like ear and yeah. And I like I love theory and stuff and I love records, you know. Right. And that turning into the way that I play, I guess. Yeah. Um. And 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 I like exploring and and being curious and stuff. And you know, there are all sorts of composers from all sorts of genres of music who, who explore. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, like probably my favorite is Monk. We were talking about Monk yeah. earlier because your cat's name is Bensha. But I mean, he always is exploring stuff and mm-hmm. he's always in a way raw, I guess. Yeah. I, well, I feel like some people are just able to, the, the layer between who they are inside and what they present outside is maybe right thinner than other people. Like I interviewed right. Roy Nathanson and yeah, one of, yeah, it's like yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. You're like Roy is just Roy will always be Roy. Right. Whereas I learned and I'm not sure why it, you know, was it because I, my childhood was, I grew up in kind of a violent home or was it because I was in this mm. church? I just was, I had a lot of faces I could put on and this feels like part mm. of the, the different parts of self but also, yeah. it's like a skill set that I hone. It's like, I'm a straight-A student. I know how to get the teachers to like me. I know how to get this mm-hmm. over here. I can put on this face over here. I just mm-hmm. became really good mm-hmm. at that. And so at yeah. some point in my music, I was like, well, who who am I? I sort of didn't even know what I was trying to do. Right. So it, that's why for a while I think I just wrote instrumental music because it felt uh-huh. easier for me to speak my inside to those voices on the outside because they weren't attached to words. Right. Of course. Sure. You know? Um, And then when I was getting back into writing words, it was like, Oh God, this is so scary. This feels so vulnerable in a different way. It does. It does. And it, and it does connect to your voice, which we were saying, you know, is it, is, you know, is your own instrument and Mm -hmm. it's yourself. It's very much, it's the most connected instrument to yourself is your voice. Right. Right. And that's what we tell moms doing lullaby who are like, I can't sing. Right. It's like, well, your voice, your baby's hearing your voice <laughs> your every day. Your baby doesn't know that. <laughs> and, and your baby's like living inside of your body right now. You haven't even had yeah. it. And like, they only want to hear your voice. They, they literally they don't voice. care. Yeah, exactly. They don't care. <laughs> if That's, you're at, they whatever. know your voice as soon as they come out of the womb. Yeah. They and they voice. know it inside the womb. Yeah. They know it. Exactly. They, they You know, like that's the most important voice to them. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's um, a pretty amazing, you know, to say just to to be a mother and realize that, you know, that's got to be pretty amazing to just know that. I, I feel really lucky yeah. working with the lullaby clients because yeah, some some people are very in touch with that. That there is this person, yeah. like it's crazy. You gr- you grew a person, like you're yeah. growing a person inside of you. Yeah, that is yeah, yeah. the wildest yeah. thing imaginable, and it's a person that is completely a part of you yeah literally like that's like they come out of your body like that's so wild sometimes i'll look at my own kids now and they're nine and twelve like last night actually clover wanted me for some reason she's like tell me my birth story so i was telling her and and then we kind of looked at each other i'm like well she goes i came out of you i'm like yeah you you did it's crazy right you're so big now you're like doing your own thing um but I find <coughs> that it's people that people can surprise you. And I'm sure in your work as well, sometimes the people you meet and you might initially think they're very closed are the people that turn out to be the most open to connecting with the fact that, oh, yeah, this is all vibration. And mm-hmm. my baby is hearing my vibration and I want to be a good mom. And it's like, you already are a, a good mom because you're writing this lullaby. <laughs> and. And it doesn't doesn't yeah. matter what the vibration, what sound it's making. You know, it could be like oh, mm. or 
It could be up here. You know, it's not the a fact, death metal. Uh, it's a know, death metal lullaby. You know what's weird though? When I was in labor, the only th- I played Bach. Yeah. Um, when I was like going into heavy labor the first time, yeah. And I, I only wanted to play the bass parts of Bach, and I started doing that. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like droning Bach. <laughs> I mean, it's a good thing I don't have a recording of that. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got it right here. If anybody wants it, uh. <laughs> it turned out for when I was delivering the second time, I do accidentally re- videoed some of it when I didn't <laughs> one or two, and it happened. Anyway, that's another story. Right. What I'm trying right. to say is, <laughs> right. That you know the voice is well. The bass part is what you needed at the time. Yeah. And it's all just vibration, but as musicians and as especially like if you do yeah. go to conservatory, then and you're a trained musician, then you start saying you start judging all the vibrations. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So judging. really, it's like I judge it all the time anyway, and I have a bad inner critic, you know. So it doesn't go away because you don't go. Do you to mean you have a bad inner critic, like they're doing a bad job at critiquing, or they're doing a good job at critiquing? <laughs> good, good clarification. There. <laughs> they are a. They are. A, criticizing too much mm. and I need to turn them off. Yeah. So maybe they are a bad. Yeah. Send, send critic Pete back bad into the room. Critic. Bad <laughs> inner critic. Well, I want to celebrate your music more. So I could well, not choose any other song for my surprise song than <laughs> crying time. Oh, because boy. I think a, <laughs> we did it as tasty morsels. We did right? it as tasty morsels. Of it? But also yeah. I think I told you this a few months ago. It was before the pandemic actually. So it probably wasn't a few months ago, but oh, okay. Byron and I were hanging out and because he had written a song that his, that the beginning of his song reminded me of the beginning of crying time a little bit. Right. But then we were I like, remember that song. Remember we, I think we called you or something and we're like, man, Pete, we love I think your you song. texted me or something. We love your, <laughs> and we just played through your whole song. We sang through your song <laughs> and we were just loving on you so hard and on your music oh, man. from afar. And I was like, Pete, we love you. Pete, we love your song so much. I love it. Thank you. For so I want me. the world to hear crying time because I want to hear crying time. So we're right. playing crying time. Here we go. It's crying time.
just blew. <laughs> Cry time. Give me the tissues. <laughs> Mike. You sounded like Bobcat Goldthwait there. <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> My cat is giving me the most. She's like, what the fuck are you doing over there? I'm rocking right, out. Right. Jeez Louise. <laughs> well, it's interesting to watch your your dance and your movement and your eyes in mm. crying time versus plead the fifth dimension. It's very, uh, interesting, it's very different, I, uh, which is good. No, it's just, no, good, it, it's, know? it's really interesting that you said that because I don't think I've ever thought about my movements to music. Cause I don't, right. don't usually watch myself, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. but I, I am one of those people myself. that, um, I am one of those people <clears throat> that m- I move all the time to music. Mm-hmm. I just cannot, yeah, yeah, yeah help it i'm mm-hmm, always mm-hmm. moving in the studio where it doesn't even matter who it's with i'm just yeah, yeah i was yeah. like wow you're really getting into it it's like i just can't i can't not yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no that's that's a good thing yeah, yeah, yeah it is a good thing that first line of this song just slays me and that's one of the things i was talking about about how oh. you subvert the expectation so i lay me down to sleep you're gonna you think it's gonna be i lay me down to weep um upon the was the velvet of your Against the velvet of the long goodbye. God, I'm so mad at you. That's so good. <laughs> oh. I'm mad at you because it's so good, Pete. Well, um, the thanks. velvet of your long goodbye. Oh, shut up. Of the, lo- the, long, the goodbye. long goodbye. It's just that's so evocative. That image. Mm. It's it could be so many different things, and mm-hmm. ah, I love mm-hmm. that. Thanks. Ah, that's I'm. This is weird. I feel like I should almost be paying you for music therapy because I feel very healed. I'm not kidding. I feel very healed in listening to this music and talking to you. You I can uh, pay me by coming over and having some tea. I'm going to pay you. I'm definitely <laughs> going to awesome, do dude. that. You're on the, you're by the B35. Yeah. Your bus. Yeah. You're by the B35. Yeah. I'm a block away from the B35. Right. You just, Seventh Avenue, dude. Okay, I'm gonna just That's take it. the B thirty five. I'll be over in twenty minutes. <laughs> All right, see you soon. Okay, bye. Click. <laughs> we'll dance. <laughs> um, I would like bring to bring Bamsha. Eh, yeah, she's clearly Don't she's bring she's not a mover, and she, look, she's just staring at us like. Are Humans. you? Is she judging us? <laughs> Humans from Earth. Probably. <laughs> Do you have any pets? Uh, now my neighbors have a wonderful dog named Clyde and there are some cats in the yard. Uh, one of them I think is named Tommy Bahama. Excellent. And, uh, he should be yeah. in the yard then. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't really know anything. There's about a cat in the uh, yard. And the- <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm thinking about maybe getting a cat. We'll see. Mm. Yeah. I've, I, it's been a while since I've had a Well, as you can see, mine's being very judgmental, so. Take oh, that cool. take that into consideration. That's what cats do, right? <laughs> right. You know, that's what cats do. Judgy. Yeah. I don't I liked the other cats, Deidre. God, <laughs> let me cats. sleep. You're moving. <laughs> um, so what's going on with you these days? I know you're your your music therapy and you just moved, so that obviously yeah. took a lot of energy, I'm assuming. Oh man, that was a so glad to be done with that whole process and be in this new place. And yeah. uh, that's great. So yeah, the last week has been dealing with that and some family stuff. Um, um, I am playing with other bands actually these days. So I'm in this project I really like called tape hiss and um, it just kind of started randomly about two or three months ago uh, when my friends David and Steve needed somebody to play a certain gig. And then it's become a, it's the guy, it's a guy named Ernie Brooks and Ernie Brooks uh, played in a group called The Modern Lovers with uh, Jonathan Richmond. That was Jonathan Richmond's oh, first night. Nice. I love Jonathan Richmond. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and Ernie um, also played with a guy named Arthur Russell and worked with a guy named Arthur Russell, who was a, a really amazing um, songwriter and composer and cellist and was had his kind of hand in a lot of different kinds of genres of music. And so it's Ernie... And this guy named, you might know this guy, Peter Zumo. He's a really great uh, trombone player. Nope, he was I would know that name. He was, um, he's great. Uh, and uh, Steve Shelley, uh, I've been working with for on and off. He's the drummer. He was the drummer in the band Sonic Youth and and lots of other people. And, and Dave Nagler, who was a wonderful piano player, songwriter. You know Dave? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dave's pretty amazing. I don't know why I'm laughing. So, Dave just cracks me up sometimes. 
Dave is pretty amazing. And, and you know, Dave's Oracle show. Yes. <laughs> Dave's Oracle show is like off the hook. Incredible. I'll have to get him on the show. I'm going to write him now. Yeah. David Nagler. Okay. David Nagler. David Nagler. Um, Continue. So we've played about four gigs and um, it's mostly, it's songs by the modern lovers and this guy, Arthur Russell, who both Peter and Ernie worked with. And then a couple of my tunes. Awesome. And then, um, yeah. So, um, and uh, we've had about four gigs and we played this place, Mama Tried, which is a relatively new place in Sunset, in 27th Street and 3rd Avenue. It's a really cool place outside. Mm-hmm. And then I'm playing with a guy named Franklin Bruno, and he has a group called The Human Hearts that I play with sometimes. I love we this. Just, yeah, we made a record about three or four years ago. That he has, he's probably going to put it out next week, uh, next next year, um, uh, with uh, Mitch Easter, who's uh, I've been a fan of for a while. Mitch Easter was uh, probably most known for producing REM's first couple of albums, and mm. but I love his band called Let's Active and. And he's a wonderful uh, songwriter, guitar player, producer. So it was really a trip to work with him. Wow. And it's cool playing with Franklin. And yeah. I'm working with, on my own stuff, I'm sort of for my own stuff right now, I'm working with, uh, do you know Matt Canellas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Matt and I work together. We're writing stuff. And, um, oh, awesome. It's different. It's very different than what we just heard. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, I, it's, I, can, it's, I can see that. I know Matt a lot from playing with Carol Lipnick, who I'm going to interview next week. Oh yeah. 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 Um, so Matt, uh, and I started getting together and it's sort of evolved from just hanging out and playing and improvising. Mm -hmm. And then we just had, we were both in this song club, Mm -hmm. which, uh, and we had to write a song. And I think that the, um, there was a theme and the theme was um, red, a bottle of wine. So I said to Matt, look, instead of, um, instead of writing a song with the word or phrase bottle of wine in it, why don't I go to your place? I'll bring a (laughs) bottle of wine or you have a bottle of wine. Yes. Very meta. Share it. Awesome. Yeah. Method acting. And we wrote it and we wrote a song and we really liked it. Uh, (laughs) And then we wrote it. We recently, we're working on another one right now. And, uh, it's really fun to work with Matt because he's very open and he's also really intricate and in certain ways. And um, it's, it's an interesting dialogue that, that we have when we're working on this song. And I, I feel like I'm learning a lot. So that, that's really this, good. I me. love hearing about all these different projects because yeah. what it makes me think of is the sort of where we started the conversation, which is it sounds like they can satisfy some different parts of you, which, of course, are all part of. Absolutely. Pete, but yeah. it's nice to get those things from different places. I agree. You know, I mean, it's, we do have a, maybe we take it for, or I take it for granted how many talented people there are in this city um, and how many people that, you know, I want to play with or work with, you know, um, Same. And people I, I'm meeting, I'm meeting new people all the time. Me and too. Stuff and and so yeah. I feel like this whole first year of the podcast is just going to be people I know in New right. York. So sorry, people that live in other places. I was, I met somebody <laughs> the other day who, um, lived in Nashville briefly. And I was like, well, that could be the, like a whole other 10 years of the, oh, like, yeah. the LA songwriting scene. You know, there's just, <laughs> there's, yeah. there's, but here I, f- I feel like there's so many people that you're meeting all the time. That's kind of why I can't ever leave this place. Yeah. 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 yeah is yeah. that there's just pools and pools and pools and pools and pools of people. And sometimes there's mm-hmm, Venn diagrams mm-hmm. where things cross over, but it's mm-hmm. like then you'll stumble upon someone who's like, oh, yeah, I've been playing in the polka scene. You're like, tell me more about that. <laughs> like, there is a polka scene here. There's a polka scene. You man. know, like, what, yeah. what's that about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, it really is stimulating to live yeah. here and talk yeah. to everybody. Um, and I really want to thank you for sharing yeah. of yourself today. And coming um, on the show. Oh, total pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was an yeah. honor to be on your show. and I can't wait to hang out with you again. Yeah. My, my prompt, my song prompt <laughs> is going to be called Brownies. So we'll, brownies. But we won't write a song about it. We'll just eat brownies. We'll just have brownies. We'll have brownies. <laughs> and we'll write something on that. <laughs> and we'll make a record and it'll be called Batter Up. Batter. Batter Up. <laughs> 
That's it. Okay, done. Sorted. Awesome. Okay. Um, also, thanks for doing all this work you're doing in music therapy, helping people. And I, I it's, oh. it's a perfect fit. Don't thank me. <laughs> Don't thank me. <laughs> but no, thank you for my session today. Your oh, yeah, check exactly. is in the mail. <laughs> um, it's been really fun. Thank and you for caring for the caregiver and the music therapist. Well, thank and you for thanking me. My check me. is in your mail. <laughs> My brownie batter is anyway. My, okay, I'm gonna whoa, I'm gonna hey. end this while we're still ahead. We, maybe it <laughs> might be too late. I don't know. But right. um, for people listening, you can find the song inside at thesonginside.me. I'm gonna link to everything in the show notes. My cat has now fallen asleep, so it's time to say goodbye wherever you are. I hope you're listening to good songs, maybe even writing them. And remember that there is a song inside everyone, including you.